What's up, sports ballers? Thanks so much for checking out episode six of your favorite sports podcast, Sports Ball. Today we've got baseball, baseball, fast food, spring football. It's all good. It's all there. Take a listen. Hello, Cam. Hey, what's up, Andrew? Not too much. That song is just the best. Oh, the little uh, intro music, the elevator music they play before we actually get to talk to each other? Uh, and our theme song. Oh. <laughs> yes, that too. I think I forgot to put it on last episode, actually. But that's all right. Well, so, what's what's shaking? Not a whole lot. I uh, enjoyed a little college football scrimmage yesterday because, you know, there's nothing better than a good inter-squad scrimmage. And Which, uh, uh, the, Royals, the Royals are in desperate need of a bullpen. Other than that, things are good. <laughs> so, uh, which uh, which scrimmage did you attend, and where was it at? I attended the uh, Nebraska spring game with eighty seven thousand of my closest friends. You're a very popular man. Yeah, I knew them all. I said hello. <laughs> so, what happens at a spring game? I've never been to one. I know that these these are things, and you know, occasionally they get televised, but. Is it just the entire team plays against itself? Yeah, every team does a does a format a little differently. Like sometimes they'll split up, so it maybe it's the one's offense and two's defense on one team, and then the two's offense and one's defense. So you try to even things out. Yesterday it was pretty much ones on twos uh, across the board, so it was a route. It was like forty nine to nine. Uh, the, the ones beat the twos. <laughs> Not, that's got to be good for team morale. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we knew going in, Nebraska was going to be a little low on depth uh, this year. There was definitely a divide between some of the top players and then maybe it was on the rest of the depth chart. Uh, but it followed a pretty tr- traditional um, scoring format. No kickoffs, no punts. Um, first half was regular clock, and then second half was running clock. So, uh, we were done in a brisk two hours, which, um, boy, if football games could all be played in two hours, I think they'd be a lot more enjoyable. Like, it's kind of like going to a basketball game more than a, a you know, three, three and a half hour, four hour football game. It was uh, less of a slog to sit through. Yeah, well, they're never going to go shorter because that means less commercials. Right. But, uh, yeah, uh, first impression is the uh, Scott Frost era, who I know he, he's a personal favorite of all Michigan fans. Um, <laughs> we're, we're optimistic. Uh, I think it'll be a year or two. Next year's schedule is an absolute bear. Trips to Ann Arbor, Columbus, Madison, and Evanston in Big Ten. Um, and then um, Iowa and Michigan State come to Lincoln. So uh, I think people will be happy with a 7-5 a and five year next year. Uh, and then, and then in 2019, I think the expectations will will increase a little bit. Uh, but for the time being, I think everyone's uh, happy to have the the Wood River native home, and he was, uh, of course, welcomed welcomed uh, well yesterday. And uh, and so now the the wait uh, begins through the summer. Although I feel like the the college football media days will probably be here before we know it. There in mid to late July and then camp opens up and all of a sudden we're, we're back to fall. Indeed. Um, 
what sort of uh, recruiting has he been able to do in this short period? So uh, I guess kind of the headline of the class is uh, Adrian Martinez, who was able to be an early enrollee, and he played yesterday and played very well. Uh, so I think there's a lot of optimism around him. Um, so he would be a true freshman starting. Um, and then the, I think that the he is probably one of, I think, only a, one or two um, early enrollees, and then the rest will come to campus in the summer. Uh, but he was able to put a class together pretty well. Um, you know, the, the recruiting rules changed this year, so he that staff finished up there their duties with Central Florida. And remember, they coached that bowl game against Auburn, so it wasn't a traditional transition in that sense. Um, they were kind of recruiting for Nebraska in the morning and then would coach Central Florida in the afternoon. It was kind of an odd setup, but um, I think people were pleased with the class he was able to put together and obviously his success at Central Florida. Um, that's a, a nice recruiting pitch when you can uh, kind of show an undefeated season. And say, you know, that's, that's what we hope you can be a part of down the road. So seemed like, uh, you know, no issues in recruiting. He wants to get the roster up to like 150, 160 players, uh, similar to how it was in Nebraska in the 90s with all the walk-ons. Um, and he, he claims that that's a great way to build depth, which, um, as we as was evident yesterday, is much needed. So, um, you know, but um, – I think people will. Uh, I think people are willing to give him a chance. He's got a seven-year contract, um, and um, I think that the big thing is he's, if he can beat Wisconsin and Iowa, which Nebraska hasn't done the last three years, uh, I think that'll be a start. And then if he can and compete for some Big Ten championships, but you know you've got D'Antonio, Harbaugh, Urban Meyer, James Franklin. Um, you know he's not the the big dog on the block anymore, so he, he's going to have to. Um, get up there and compete and it won't be easy um but uh but i think people are optimistic yeah it'll be interesting to see uh how things shake over the you know the coming years but man he is definitely not mike riley and i mean that in a good way so yep and uh he will uh big 10 opener for them is at michigan at the big house so um that's not a can't ask for a much grander stage to uh, begin your uh, your Big Ten coaching career on than to head to Ann Arbor. Well, for what it's worth, I hope they lose that game. <laughs> but, and that's the thing is uh, expectations in Ann Arbor this year are, are so high that um, Michigan's going to have to get started off on the right foot in that game uh, for the for the rest of the season because uh, just the way that the Big Ten shake, shapes up. Yeah, no, they can't be dropping any games if they want to, you know, compete for what they think they should be competing for. But I still am not convinced that they will. So we shall see. I finished the documentary. Man, you forget the QB drama of last year in Ann Arbor. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Maybe we can have Brandon Peters or John O'Corn on as a guest sometime. Maybe, yeah. I'll I'll try and uh, see if my sister can, can track them uh, down. Mm-hmm. Well, Corn's long gone, but and so is Wilton Spate too. Yeah, I never found out what school he wound up transferring to. I'm not sure, but anyways, um, well, it's cool that you got to go. I didn't realize the spring games were here already. Time is flying, but uh, it is almost. 
officially summertime, I guess not for another month or two, but the game of the summer is upon us. Baseball has has been underway now for a couple weeks, and it seems like the Royals are doing something kind of odd this summer with what uh, specific food they're serving at Kauffman Stadium. Donuts. They're serving donuts. <laughs> Why? Why are they serving donuts? I'm not sure, but I will be honest. The wife and I went to a game last week. Sweet Tooth came calling in about the seventh inning, and uh, I went up and got us some donut holes. And did you pay like twelve dollars for those donut holes? <sighs> they were five seventy five for ten. Well, I mean, ballpark price—that's not bad. Uh, no, but like that's like. A two hundred percent increase from uh, you know if you just went stopped at your local Dunkin' Donuts and picked up a dozen of them. Mm-hmm. No, yep. you're not wrong about that, but... but yeah, it was a tasty little treat. You know, we uh, we don't typically dabble in too much uh, ballpark fare out there. They've got the the brisket nacho, which is like this brisket nacho thing served in a batting helmet that you see people carrying around, which you have to eat with a fork. And I'm really not sure how anybody eats that on a July afternoon, but they do. Um, but yeah, there's not, there's not a whole lot of highlights in terms of concession food out at Kauffman Stadium. There's some good drinks. They've put a big emphasis on beer, but um, you know, it's not like there's a Shake Shack out there like there is at, at Met Stadium. Or, or I don't. What, what Do the Tigers have a, a delicacy they serve? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Just lots of bad beer. What's the what's the the Detroit beer of choice? Uh, like, like the little Labatt come across the border and oh yeah, you can get that. Labatt Blue, you can get Molson, you can get uh, Molson Ice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, Labatt Blue mm, reminds me of my grandpa. So if you were at a baseball game, what would be the ideal food you want you'd want to consume? You know, maybe in the fast food, fast casual realm, what what would you want to be eating while you watch? Oh, it? you mean you mean the quick service restaurant? Yeah, sure. Now, my favorite QSR would have to be Chick Fil A. That'd be pretty solid. Uh, you know, if I could have a chicken sandwich at a game, mm-hmm. yeah, that would be pretty good. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think what else I enjoy. Sonic would be kind of fun because you have all the drink options. Uh, yeah, there used to be a quick trip in the Sprint Center here in Kansas City. And you could, you Seriously? Could, yeah, you could go get <laughs> drinks and slushies and things, and then I, I don't I think it made I don't remember the prices because I only went to a few events and then moved away, and then when I came back, it was gone. But, um, yeah, Chick-fil-A is definitely up there. Like, that's – very enticing if I were ever to go to the, the Mercedes-Benz uh, Stadium in um, Atlanta. They've got the, the Chick-fil-A location. Mm-hmm. And that would be that'd be pretty good. Um, five Guys would be up there, too. I'd like some Five Guys. Yeah, a little heavy. A little heavy, but I, I could do it. It'd, it'd have to be right. Um, like Chipotle not, not happening in a ballpark. I, that's too much. That line would... Be forever long too. What about a like a Taco Bell? Eh, I try to avoid Taco Bell. 
trying to think of what else. Sonic would be interesting because it would be like a non-traditional Sonic, unless you like mm-hmm. stood stood in like your your lane, and then the car <laughs> hop walked your order out to you. Uh, what about like a Jimmy John's? Jimmy John's would be good. Yeah, uh, you know something a little healthier, um, and and quick. You know, it'd, it'd be fast. Um, the Jimmy John's would be good. Oh, you know what would be really good at a game? So if you get a, a full service Culver's, <laughs> you have ice cream, you have cheese curds, yeah. burgers, fries, it'd all be good stuff. I feel like we're on the brink of like a food stadium food revolution. Like we're kind of turning a corner where you still get the mainstays like hot dogs and nachos, but I think we're kind of turning a corner here where we expect more and more and better. I sure hope so. Us snobby millennials, we're not going to take that tradition anymore. <laughs> we demand the finest meats and cheeses in all the land. <laughs> yes, can I have a charcuterie board, please? <laughs> you know, they probably sell it out in San Francisco. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, San Francisco, not Oakland, though. You can't get that in A's game, only a Giants game. Yeah, yeah, a little higher, a little higher dollar uh, environment. So you said this brisket acho thing that comes in, it comes in a little baseball helmet that you eat out of? No, no, not not a little. This isn't like a scoop of ice cream that you get. It's not a little baseball helmet. It's like a helmet that after you get done eating it, you can put on your head. <laughs> My head or just a normal person's head? I think it would probably fit your head. Wow. Okay. So that, that makes me wonder, like, what other – do any other sports do that where they serve food in the player's headgear? Like, can you get can you get a, a bunch of nachos and a Nebraska football helmet? No, no. I wonder if, like, you could get – like, you wouldn't be surprised if you could get popcorn in, like, a basketball, like a half a basketball-type bowl. Like, I could see that being a thing. Or, like, a basketball – or, like, a container that looks like a basketball net. But I guess it's not authentic. But the, you know, like, this helmet's, like, pretty legit. I mean, I don't. It's probably as a safety one. It says you can't use it in competition, but <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good point. That um, it's kind of an odd, odd baseball tradition because you, you can eat ice cream out of your helmet and and brisket nachos out of your helmet. Well, baseball's got all sorts of weird traditions. They've got like that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, the, the ketchup or mustard or you know. Like I think in Detroit, it was like it was like the the hot dog, the sausage, and the chorizo is the race, you know. Uh-huh. The fact that baseball managers wear the same uniform as the player, and that's the only sport I can think of where that happens. Yeah, your boy Jim Harbaugh, he wears his cleats on the sideline. Well, he's a weirdo, but I mean, good, yeah. Could you imagine the football coaches dressed just like the football players or <laughs> hockey coaches? <laughs> Or could you imagine, like, Greg Popovich in a, in a basketball jersey? He's, like, 70. <laughs> Just walking around with a Spurs jersey and basketball shorts on. Yeah, it is a it is a very odd odd baseball tradition. One that's easy to poke fun at. It's just weird. You know, whatever. But speaking, uh, or continuing on in baseball, really, uh, our, our two teams aren't doing too great this year, bud. Like, they're both pretty bad. They put up a thriller today. This afternoon, Royals won uh, behind a grand slam by Abraham Almonte, and then uh, Mike Moustakis opened it up, I believe, in the seventh inning. And uh, then it was too late for the Royals to blow it with their bullpen. They actually brought in two competent relievers. 
and uh, and they split the series. So I think we're making some slight progress because that is now five wins on the year, and I believe eighteen losses. Uh, I'm seeing five and fifteen as the record. But... Oh, five and fifteen. All right. Well, I I discounted them too much. Yeah. Well, the Tigers have nine wins and eleven. I was gonna say the Tigers were on the brink of five hundred today. I you know I'm, relative to the. To the Royals, they're okay. Now, relative to the Red Sox, they're terrible. Yes, this is well. Most teams are when compared to the Red Sox. But uh, so let me pose this question to you. Who, when the season ends, will have the worst record? The Detroit Tigers or the Kansas City Royals? Uh, Kansas City Royals, no question. Okay, follow-up to that. Will the Royals have the worst record in the league this year? Um, I believe so because their August and September are are pretty much going to be Triple A players, by all estimations. Um, there's there's a lot of trade pieces available with the Royals, and the the talk seems to be that they're all going to go. They're that teams in contention. They're going to find a place for them. Um, that there's there's enough value, uh, especially early on. These players, you know, Kelvin Herrera. Mike Moustakas is on a 14-game hit streak. Um, Danny Duffy could be a serviceable middle reliever. I don't know that he's a guy you want starting if you're in contention, but I think that he could put some any, crucial innings in. Um, you know, Even guys like Lucas Duda and um, Alcides Escobar, who uh, signed one-year deals, um, I think they could be serviceable to a team in contention. So, you know, there's probably – six or seven, maybe even eight legitimate trade pieces. And um, that's a that's a lot to, to kind of dump by July 31st and a lot to replace. So given that the Royals have an awful, awful bullpen, um, yeah, I don't – I think that August and September will be some of the ugliest baseball we've ever seen with guys whose names we'll care to forget. So you think that they will finish the season worse off than the Cincinnati Reds, who are currently three and eighteen, with a run differential of negative fifty-six. <laughs> that means they're losing every game by three runs, roughly. Yeah, because hmm. the Royals have also well, they've played th- only three against the Angels. One of them got rained out, but they haven't played a real strong schedule, and they still only have five wins. Yeah, that's that's a good point. So, so you know, like you figure they've still got seven against the Red Sox, seven against the Yankees. Um, they're gonna have to play the Astros. The Brewers come to town this week. Um, so yeah, I. There's only two games separated between them and the Reds right now, and uh, the Reds are kind of have like they're I think a little more youthful. The, the Royals just kind of this hodgepodge of odd journeymen at this point. All right, well, how the mighty have fallen. Yeah, how quickly can they rebuild? I think this is a real question. Um, hopefully, by 2021. Um, they get some pieces in there because uh, this team's going to look completely different even next year from from what it looks like this year. Like I said, it's going to look completely different come September 1st. Yep. Well, I'm sorry, man. It's all right. Baseball's still one of those fun things to watch, and you can still go out to the ballpark and see the opposition. Like, we went out and saw Otani. Um, 
so there's still you know like I, the Yankees were in town. I'd love to see them line up in action. So there's still there's still plenty to to go see as long as they keep serving beer out there. <laughs> hmm. Well, uh, do you have an NASCAR nugget for us this week? Uh, the M&M sponsored uh, 18 Toyota driven by Kyle Busch has won three races in a row. So now it's kind of this Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch show. But uh, this weekend is Talladega. So it'll be a restrictor plate race, be some big, big wrecks, um, really big wrecks because the cars will stay closer together. So And also because Ricky Bobby will be racing. So you know he's going to crash into somebody. Mm-hmm. And the NFL draft is Thursday. Oh, it's true. Yeah, so we can talk about that next episode. That'll that'll provide some some talking points for our hot takes. Yep. Cool. I could have talked about the NFL schedule release, but I honestly have no idea who plays who. And um, oh yeah, I don't care about that. I'm not sure why you <laughs> tried to predict games on paper. Like I saw the the uh, Sports Center guys with a touch screen, like predicting team by team results, and it's like. Guys, it's April. We don't even know who these teams are drafting, let alone who could end up on their roster still. So. Yeah, they got to fill the air with something. It's true. All right, sir. Lovely chatting with you. It was it was a ball as usual. <laughs> Good one. Okay, bye. See ya.